The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Quinn Hughes with two goals tonight. Brock Besser with four assists. The Oilers scored first and last, but the Canucks got five in between. Vancouver takes this one 5-2. Adam Ernie and Raphael Lavoie with the goals for the Oilers. Power plays key in this one. Vancouver able to go two for six. The Oilers 0 for four. In fact, the Oilers had the first four power plays of the game, and then Vancouver had the last six. So a 5-2 preseason win for Vancouver tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10-01 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford overtime open line. Well, like last night in Calgary, um, the Oilers, uh, you know, with not as uh, an experienced or not as an NHL-heavy lineup, uh, but uh, the Oilers weren't able to pull this one out. I mean, uh, Vancouver was... Uh, not good in the first period. The Oilers had a one nothing lead, and then the Canucks uh, pretty much in control over the final 40 minutes. Well, the biggest difference is the last night the Calgary Flames didn't have Quinn Hughes because uh, Quinn Hughes was a one-man wrecking show today. He was fantastic in this game. Uh, the Oilers had uh, the share of the play in the off- in in the first period. They carried it. They had a number of good chances. Uh, and then at the end of the first, obviously there was a talking to in the Vancouver Canucks dressing room because their team came out to play the final 40 minutes. And a group of players that looked disinterested in the first 20 minutes found interest in the game. Pedersen was better. Miller was better. Besser had a good game. Uh, They got engaged. And in the first period, it was just Quinn Hughes and Demko. Well, everyone else jumped on the ship the rest of the way for Vancouver, and uh, they were too much. And the Oilers dressed uh, a one big line tonight, the Nugent Hopkins line, and they were quiet. So when you are undermanned and your one legitimate top six line is having an off night, well, you're going to find yourself into trouble. And the Oilers found themselves in trouble five on five, and then they found themselves in penalty trouble. And the Vancouver Canucks had a very good power play dress tonight, and they made the Oilers pay. Final shots on goal were 28-26 Vancouver over the final two periods, 23-12 for Vancouver. And there was a point in the third period uh, when Vancouver was leading 4-1 and the Oilers had had four shots since the start of the second period. So Vancouver, like we said, had the power plays, had the puck, uh, and had the better lineup, and plus uh, their players simply played better than most of the Oilers as well. So 5-2 the final in favor of Vancouver. Skinner will take the loss, uh, 23 saves on 28 shots. Demko will get the win, 20, uh, 24 saves on 26 shots for him as uh, the Oilers finish this stretch of five games in seven days to start the preseason with a record of 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Oilers have still yet to score more than two goals in a game. Well, they're playing a defensive style of hockey, but I mean one of the reasons they haven't played their superstars in in just the one game so uh, we're gonna see I would imagine in the final we have three games left now is it yep so I would imagine we will see their best lineup in at least two of those three games Uh, you'll see a little more offensive uh, swagger in those games but uh, there's been some players it's funny coming into camp the team is more or less set there's just really one spot the Edmonton Oilers management coaching staff have given 
a lot of those guys looking for that one spot yep. opportunities. We've seen Lane Peterson play a number of games and get quality ice time. Sutter, Ernie, Lavoie, those guys are the guys that are fighting for that last spot, have had a lot of opportunities. And as we just talked with Bob before you and I went on air, uh, I don't know if anyone has really jumped up and said, this is my spot. Yep. They've all shown flashes, glimpses, but then there's also been quiet times for all those players. So I'm not sure anyone with three games left has staked a claim and you're thinking, okay, that's the guy that's going to be the 12th forward when this season starts. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um Ernie scored, yep. so so good for him. Again, is that really the player they're looking for? You, you said it about Peterson. I, I I don't question his effort. He seems to have hockey yep. IQ, but does does he have the the finish? And what's his role going to be? And I know you and Bob referenced it. Uh, probably, well, not probably. Sutter's toughest night of the ones yes. he played so far. Now you're not going to write him off based nope. on one game, and we know what he's trying to come back from. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment of, of some of the guys fighting for spots on the team for sure. Five two, Vancouver takes it. The only the only issue that the Oilers have with with this is it's not. We're looking for a 12th forward. Okay, this guy will start, and we'll send these guys down. They've got guys they'll have to sign. And that's where the issue is, okay, is Sutter where they need him to be? Well, we can give him two months, but what if he doesn't get there and we give him a contract and sign him? So that's the hard thing. The Oilers have these guys on PTOs who, if you decide that's who you want on your team, you now have to give him a contract to bring him in. So uh, I guess that's why the coaching staff and the – the management team here make the big money because they're going to have to make some decisions, and they're going to be hard because there has not been a clear-cut winner. Yeah, and like you said, it'll probably be close to the NHL lineup on Monday and then probably extremely close, if not the, the NHL lineup or how they're, they're hoping it'll look on on Wednesday and Friday. And I, I guess if you're one of those PTO guys, you're saying, okay, but... I want to be in the rhythm of the game following a shift by McDavid and then following a shift by Dreisaitl. I mean, Sutter might say, if we have four power plays to nothing, we're going to be up 3-1 and I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be playing in a different situation or it's going to feel different killing penalties. Right? Well, it, what you might want to do too now, Reid, because the guys that are coming in to play on the fourth line, the Oilers' fourth line, like these guys are getting quality minutes. I don't have them in front of me. But Lavoie and, and Sutter... And and Peterson, I'm guessing, are over 12 minutes tonight, all of those guys. I can tell you right now. Hang on. Peterson played 16.33. Mm-hmm. Sutter played 14.52. Uh, what else are we looking Lavoie. for here? Lavoie played 12.25. And what Ernie play? Ernie played 12.52. Okay, so none of those players, if they make this team and are a fourth-line player, none of them are getting that kind of ice time. No, unlike so they, a lot of nights will be seven or eight minutes. So now if I'm the coaching staff and all of a sudden I'm starting to put my lineups in, now I'm going to place those guys on the lines that they're going to be with. So if my, for example, my fourth line is Ryan Yanmark and open space. So on Monday, Ryan Yanmark, Sutter. Mm -hmm. And then on Wednesday, Ryan Yanmark, Lavoie. And and then have them play in that role. Right. Like we've seen Peterson look really good, but he's playing first power play minutes. And he's playing in offensive situations. Not going to happen when the season starts. Sutter's not going to get 14 minutes or or, or 16 minutes. He's not getting that once the season starts. So I think now you're at the point, okay, we've given them all an opportunity to show what they can do. Now let's put them where they're going to play Mm -hmm. and with the guys they're going to play with and see if they have some chemistry and see what they can contribute 
at an, in an eight-minute night, can they be a positive influence on the game? 5-2 Vancouver takes it this evening. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. Here is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Five games in seven days. What's impressed you about how this team has pushed through a demanding schedule like that? Well, I think we've gotten a lot of good things done here over the, over uh, this last, I would say, 10 days going back to the start of training camp. But, um, you know, I, I thought coming into a tough building versus basically Vancouver Canucks lineup, really like the way we started tonight. I thought we gave ourselves a chance by playing fast and getting on top of them and uh, doing and controlling most of the game uh, through the first half. And then, you know, we made a mistake here or there and it kind of compounded. We took some penalties, but um, we'll learn from it and move on. Is there an element of the pace of this week that really sets you up for the season? Well, you know, I like where we're at right now in terms of some of the things that we've covered. And most of them have been on uh, the defensive side of things. We haven't we haven't spent a lot of time on the offensive th- side of things just yet. We haven't iced a full lineup just yet. So anxious to take this day tomorrow to come together as a team off the ice so that we can uh, prepare to attack the last three preseason games with uh, a certain type of intensity and um, get closer towards what our opening day line when it comes to the team's kind of key message of focusing on the day's business, yeah. how have you seen that play out through preseason, through main camp, and the way that these players have embraced that mentality? Well, I, I've seen it. I've seen it day in, day out. Like you said earlier in your first question, there are five games in, in seven days. Is uh, It's not an easy task. Some of them have played four games. Some of them played three games. Some of them played back-to-back on numerous occasions. Um, you couple that with all the work that we're doing in practice. Uh, we said at the beginning of training camp that we wanted to test our people both physically and mentally, and uh, we're accomplishing that. Um, now it's about recovering tomorrow to set us up for a a big game on monday night in seattle um we're going to continue to work on things as this last week of preseason progresses and um we'll be ready come opening night from the uh non-regulars that you had in the lineup tonight was there anybody whose game particularly stood out to you yeah well i mean Unlike their their squad, we had a lot of non-regulars on our, in our lineup tonight, and I thought our kids really really performed, uh, you know, to their expectation. You know, I thought Raphael Lavoie scored a really nice goal. Uh, he got got himself inside the dots in a scoring position. Um, Borgo had some nice shifts. Hamblin had some nice shifts. Uh, those were the guys up front on the back end. Obviously, Gleason made some plays. Nemo Linen continues to impress. Broberg and DeHarnay had good moments and and all of them had learning moments as well but um, you know I thought some of our our kids are are really taking a step Um, that was as I said that was their lineup right there they're a good team and uh, I really liked the first period probably the first half of the second period then we started to run out of gas take some penalties turn some pucks over and we were made to pay tonight Brandon Sutter, you know, someone who comes to work every day with his hard hat on. Um, you know, he's he's missed a lot of time here. Two years away from the game at this level is a long time. But you know, he came into camp at peak condition. He feels healthy, which is an important first step. And I see him getting better uh, every day. 
Um, and in terms of roles for the kids, and you mentioned playing against like basically the Canucks' yeah. real lineup, how valuable is it for them to maybe play higher in the lineup than they would get an opportunity to otherwise and really sort of learn what it takes to be successful in those positions? Yeah, I think it's invaluable uh, experience. We can talk about it all we want, but until you know they experience it and feel what it's like to play against players of JT Miller's ability or Elias Pedersen's ability, Quinn Hughes. Um, you can talk about it all you want, but until you experience it yourself, um, that's when the real learning begins. I thought our guys uh, had some good moments, some moments that we're going to have to clean up and get better from. Um, but we're going to take take the lessons from today's game, move forward, be ready uh, to play a tough Seattle team on Monday night. Good, thanks, guys. Well, head coach Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. By the way, with uh, Brandon Sutter, uh, 53.8 in the face-off circle. Which, which is, is a positive. Which is a positive. Yep. That's, oh, Nuge was 76.9%. Having said that, the Oilers did not have the puck a lot. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. They must have taken all those faceoffs in the first period because yes. after that, it seemed like the Canucks controlled most of the play. All right. 5-2, Vancouver wins it. Again, you can get in touch. 780-496-0063. Back in a couple of minutes, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Hughes with it on the blue line in the middle. Left side to Miller. Shot blocked by Dearnay. Loose puck in a bad save by Skinner. Puck back to the point. Hughes over to Patterson. Patterson to Hughes. Left side to Miller. Fakes it to Hughes. His shot saved by Skinner. He holds on. Well, Skinner busy over the last two periods. He was beaten five times as Vancouver beats Edmonton 5-2. Skinner's save of the game. For Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. And, uh, yeah, again, Rob, the Oilers had the first four power plays. I, I, like, I know it's not their their big unit, but <laughs> I mean, you're still looking for uh, a goal. And then the Canucks go two for six. The Kuzmenko scored on a, a two-man advantage, and then Pedersen scored to, a little bit later on, and that made it 4-1 at that point, and he was really out of reach. Well, th- then the Canucks actually had a five-on-three to end the game, and... Uh, JT Miller held the puck for 45 seconds on the boards. They didn't even attempt to, to shoot the puck on net. Uh, the Canucks had their number one unit, power play unit, in the game, and and it showed. <laughs> they were uh, they were good on the power play. Uh, the and the Oilers took some silly penalties. Um, was it six? Can't take six p- penalties in a game. And this is a couple times now in the preseason that they've taken uh, a large number of penalties, and it gets them into trouble. So. Uh, the Canucks were good, and it, and again, it all started with Quinn Hughes on the back end. He was all over the place. The Oilers had no answer for Quinn Hughes tonight, and their super, they had their two superstars playing. The Oilers did not, and the two superstars were the difference in the hockey game. The uh, power play discussion for Conlin Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlin Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlinmotorsports.com. CA Vancouver 5 Edmonton 2 is your final tonight and yeah I got a little uh, a little dusty late in the game there uh, De Harnay right to the face of Beauvillier uh, Ernie and Studnicka 
got involved and uh, I think a couple other guys were going after DeHarnay as well. And then you saw Kane and Talkett talking back and forth on the benches. You don't see that often. Um, Talkett, he knew how to play that way. There was a lot of games that were out of reach that you did not want to be on the ice against Rick Talkett because you would pay a price. Uh, yeah, it got a little chippy at the very end. I think it was a frustrated Oiler group. Uh, Ernie went after someone to start it, uh, and then Dayarnay came in. Now, I, 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 we didn't see a very good replay. Dayarnay came in high. I believe it was the glove that made contact with the head of the Canuck player. If it was a stick, then you might be uh, hearing about some sort of look at from the head office in Toronto, but uh, frustration came in. The Oilers uh, did not play well enough in this hockey game, and at the end of the game, the last two minutes, they showed it with frustration. How about some of these seasons for Rick Tockett? I'll just pick out a few. 87-88, 64 points, including 31 goals, 299 penalty minutes mm-hmm. in 65 games. That was when he was with the Flyers. Uh, so you would have played with him a bit with the Penguins. Uh, no, I uh, did you not overlap. I don't think I overlapped with okay. them there. I played uh, a oh, little bit in LA. He was traded. He came to Pittsburgh after you got yeah. traded to Hartford, so you just missed each other. And then I, but I was with him in LA for a little bit. I got to know him in okay. LA, and it, it's funny. He was he was a scary individual on the ice because he was a guy that played a lot, was a star player, but was scary tough. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was a tough guy that would sit on the end of the bench and you never see him. He's on the ice for. 22 minutes a night, and every time you're out there, he played with anger. He, he He's a, a, kind of like a, an Evander Kane-type player, that when he played, he played angry. Right. And uh, back then, you were allowed more freedom to do stupid stuff than you are nowadays, and he took full advantage of that. So when, he's one of those guys that when you're on the ice with Rick Tockett, you always knew where Rick Tockett was on the ice. His uh, first full season with the Penguins... 92-93. Oh, no, so he, you, you, were, you would have been traded a year ahead of him. I got traded in 1990. Their, their first cup was 91. Yes. Then he joined them for the second, second cup. cup. And then 93 was when they were way ahead in the regular That's season. That's when they the had Islanders their best team, them. yes. Yeah. Uh, so his 93 season was 80 games, 48 goals, 109 points, and 252 penalty minutes. He did everything. He was a complete <laughs> hockey player. And off the ice, one of the nicest people you've ever met. Like, it was one of those, like, the switch just, okay, he left the rink, okay, he flips that angry switch, and now he's a really nice person. So... Uh, I, I wish him best in Vancouver. The Vancouver Canucks got a good coach in Rick Tockett, but uh, he was a guy that he would fight, he would score, he could make plays, he could throw vicious body checks. He was a prototypical. He was playing in the city that he needed to play in. He was a Philadelphia Flyer, and that's how they played. Rick Tockett was taken 121st overall in his draft in 1983 by Philadelphia. You know who had the 120th pick? No. The Edmonton Oilers. And who did we pick? Don Barber, who played 115 NHL games. I do not remember him. I'm sure Bob would have the full bio. Um, Don Barber, is that the guy whose son played for the U.S. national team? It might be. But I uh, actually, Bob Stoffer would know that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think if the Oilers could redo that draft, they might take Rick Tockett. I think, yeah, well, I think a lot of teams would have redone that. You know that. who went 199th that year? No. Dominic Hasek. <laughs> I played with him you as well. You drafted him. 
Uh, well, he was with the Chicago Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks. I played with him in Chicago, and he was – you could not score on him. And Eddie Belfour was our starter. Uh, Dominic, you could not st- score on him in practice. He Nobody worked harder in practice than Dominic Hasek. He was one of the greatest goaltenders that ever played. Yeah, uh, it's fun looking this stuff up. But, yeah, it's going to be – and you, you referenced it the other night too. The, the, how the Canucks start this season – is going to be vital because they've been, for whatever reason, uh, you know, on the back foot. You know, once you got into November, December, the last couple of years. And this conference and the division are too strong to have to catch up. You ju- you just can't. If you put yourself behind the eight ball, you're not going to catch. There's too many good teams. And the thing with the Canucks too is the confidence. If if they all of a sudden are trailing again, there the question marks. The the media is going to be on them. The fans are going to be on them. It's like here we go again. They need a good start to the season. And maybe a game like tonight is something that can you know give them some belief because they have not had a good preseason and they did not have a good first period. But as the game went on tonight, you saw some of their stars start to play better. And uh, they do have some talent. And it all starts again. Quinn Hughes is one of the best defensemen in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he is he is fun to watch. Should Rick Toggett not be in the Hall of Fame? Um, yeah, I think he should be. Apparently, since you said that, he's not. No, I had to double but, check because I was like, this is How many games has Rick Talkett played? He played 1,144 games. He had 952 points. And how many penalty and minutes? 2,972. <laughs> and he played another 145 playoff, playoff games, games with 112 points. And he's got a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I played against Rick Talkett for most of my career. Uh, I tell you, he was one of the – he was a heart and soul guy that – could beat you a hundred different ways. I mean, I always think of the Hall of Fame like there's uh, there's the clearly great players, yeah. the Gretzky, the Lemieux. Lemieux, and then the offensive stats are just yeah. out of this world. So then, if it's like the second tier of players, though this is like the second tier of awesomeness. <laughs> yes, like uh, were you were you the best or almost the best in your role? And for power forwards oh. in his in his prime, which was lengthy. Well, he scored 48 he goals. Been, he would have been up there, right? Yeah, well, he had 40, a 48-goal season that went with the 200 penalty minutes. Right. That's uh, – I'm not sure there's many that can uh, also duplicate that. So, yeah, to me, Rick Tockett is – and yeah, he was a, a player that uh, made his team better every time he stepped on the ice. Okay, in the regular season, we will indeed have the Japanese Village Goal Light. Japanese Village now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. I can also tell you of note today, the Blue Jays do indeed make the playoffs. They lost 7-5 in 10 innings to Tampa, but Texas beat Seattle 6-1. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit advantagetrailerrentals.com. Oilers have lost 5-2 to the Canucks. This guy did get a goal, though. Here's Raphael Lavoie. Raphael, you gave your team a little extra push at the end there. How were you able to, you know, dig deep to be able to keep pushing and give your team that extra push? Well, you know, I mean, we're always uh, we're always competing hard. You know, we never give up, and you know, we had a little push there at the end, but uh, fortunately, it wasn't enough. You've talked about how you wanted to mold your game to be able to find a place in the Oilers' offense. How are you able to mold your game and adapt that way? Well, you know, as I previously said, you know, you got to be reliable. Defensively, you got to be really able to earn the trust, the coach's trust, and uh, you know, eventually chip in for a goal here and there, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do. 
Through your time in preseason, uh, main camp, what's been your biggest takeaway so far? You know how fast the game is. You know, uh, there's a there's a big step. Uh, guys are guys are faster. Guys are smarter because the execution is there. So uh, just trying to trying to keep up with the pace is, uh, is the biggest thing for me. Has there been anyone that you've been able to lean on and seek for advice? I mean, pretty much all the guys in the room. You know, we have a tremendous group of veteran and leaders in this team. You know, all the guys have been uh, been really nice and they're really helpful and they're really uh, they're really helping me uh, get to know the reps. Through main camp and through preseason, can you just speak to the, what the energy of this team is like so far? I mean, it's 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 great. You know, there's high expectation in this uh, in this locker room. So, uh, you know, our guys are competing very hard every day, and we're trying to bring that into the season and you know uh, do well throughout the year. Raphael Lavoie, he had the Oilers' second goal. Adam Ernie had the Oilers' first goal, but in between, Hughes, Hughes, Kuzmenko, Pedersen. DiGiuseppe for the Canucks. 5-2 Vancouver wins it. Oilers hockey, of course, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And our next game broadcast is coming up on Monday, 6.30 for the Faceoff Show game at 8. Oilers at Kraken. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from 5 to 6.30. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Have a good night.